Today, we're going to talk to an agent who generates 300 leads a month by spending $0. Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Apply Design. Welcome to a revolution in real estate presentation brought to you by Apply Design, the leading virtual staging solution tailored for forward-thinking realtors. Now, in today's fast-paced market, making a lasting impression is everything. With Apply Design, you unlock the full potential of every listing, transforming empty spaces into stunning, buyer-attracting homes, all with just a few clicks and in just a few minutes. Choose their DIY staging, available for as low as $7 per image, or save time with their auto-staging feature for as low as $10.50 per image. Plus, experience their service firsthand with a trial image absolutely free. Their intuitive platform empowers you to bring visions to life, ensuring your listings stand out, captivate, and sell. And for listeners of Keeping It Real, Apply Design is offering an exclusive 15% off your first purchase. Simply use the code REAL24, that's R-E-A-L-2-4, at checkout. Elevate your listings, enchant your clients, and achieve faster sales with Apply Design. Don't let your properties blend in. Make them shine with Apply Design. Your success story starts now. Visit them at applydesign.io. Again, that's applydesign.io. Remember, your first impression is the only impression. And now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. And in just, um, I'm um, by the way, who am I? I am DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. Just a moment, we're going to be speaking with NAR 30 Under 30 winner, Kyra Button. Before we get to Kyra, a uh, couple of quick reminders. As always, please support our sponsors. They have amazing products and services to offer you to help you in your business. So check them out and also tell a friend about this podcast. Let other agents in your office know that we are here and we publish several episodes a week, always designed to help agents do more production. So anyway, guys, let's get to the main event, my conversation with Kyra Button. So 
Today, my guest on the show is Kyra Button with Compass here in Chicago. Let me tell you a little bit more about Kyra. Now, Kyra moved to Chicago in 2019, knew absolutely nothing about this city. She quickly fell in love and were, was excited to share this love of Chicago with her followers on YouTube. Kyra quickly was getting reached out to from followers asking where they should live. So she had started a YouTube channel, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But this actually got her a lot of attention. And so people who were following her started asking her where they should live, what neighborhoods she recommended. She decided to, why not, go get a real estate license. And she didn't just go get a real estate license. In the last three and a half years, her career has really, really impressively taken off. It's allowed her to grow a team, have a husband, have her husband quit his job in finance and be part, and maybe most impressively, of the National Association of Realtors 30 Under 30 class of 2023. Please, everyone, check out what Kyra is doing. In particular, I want you to go to two places, YouTube and Instagram. We will have links to this in our show notes, but you can find her Kyra Button, C-A-I-R-A-B-U-T-T-O-N. You can find her at both places. Kyra Button will, again, have links in the show notes. Kyra, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited because I don't know you yet. And this is really <laughs> exciting. I love talking to uh, local agents, you know, people that are in the same area that I'm at, but that I haven't met who are really coming up through the ranks and doing some very impressive things. And I love the way that you have built your business. Um, and we'll get to that. And I really want to start at the beginning of moving here in 2019. You know, what was the initial plan and how did it change? Yeah. So when I moved here, I I had been working a nine to five job. Um, I moved from Phoenix, Arizona, and that job at the time wouldn't let me work remote. And so I had already had my YouTube channel going for about two years. And it was really just like a passion project. I don't want to call it a hobby because I took it really seriously, but I had been putting in time into that. And so when I moved and I knew I couldn't keep that same job, I was like, all right, let's give myself one year to really dive into YouTube as much as possible and work as many side hustles as I need to, to kind of stay afloat and see where I'm at after a year. If I feel like it hasn't been successful, I can always go back and get another nine to five job again, but let's just see kind of what happens. Um, so was doing that. And then the pandemic hit within that year time frame, and so much of my time kind of got freed up that that's when I decided to get my license because people throughout the year had been reaching out to me nonstop asking me about where they should live and if they could live in my building or what recommendations I have. Um, so got my license in 2020 and then it kind of really just took off from there. Uh, amazing. And so was, was ever the intention, was the intention to be a full-time content creator initially is, Hey, I want to, I want to make my, my channel, my living. And then real estate came as kind of a natural byproduct of the content you were putting out. Or was there always a, you know, one day I'm going to be, this is going to be, you know, how I generate leads for, for real estate. No. Yeah. I think that's, what's different about my story compared to most agents who have strong social platforms. I did not build my YouTube channel for real estate whatsoever. Like that came out of nowhere for me. Um, I, I don't know if I was doing it to one day try and be a full-time content creator. I mean, I would have loved it, but really it was just, I've always loved video. I've always loved video editing and I am a busybody. I don't do good relaxing. So when it when I was working in nine to five and I had all this free time, it was just a really natural transition for me to start something like this on the side. But 
real estate being a byproduct of my social platforms has been like the absolute best surprise and like win-win ever because the two pour into each other so much that I feel like I'm able to work both of my passions and make it my full-time career now. Yeah, you get to be super creative with the content that you put out there and you also get to generate business on the real estate side, which, you know, let's face it, the hardest part of this job is finding clients. And so mm -hmm. you get to do the thing that you love, um, which is content creation and, and you know, showing off, you know, parts of, of your life and then also be able to have it funnel into a different career in real estate, which is a really unique and, and amazing proposition. And I'm curious about marketing. So because you have put so much time and energy into your YouTube channel, growing your subscriber base, your view count, do you do any other marketing for your real estate business or does literally, I mean, obviously, you know, I can see, of course, from existing clients, you may get referrals, but I mean, just finding new people are they finding you mostly through YouTube? Or are you doing other things, more traditional marketing methods for real estate as well? Um, I am 100% social media based for marketing. I do not do anything else. Um, and I really like that aspect of it. I do get a lot of referrals from previous clients and whatnot, but um, I love having socials be my primary marketing platform because when I do work with clients, some clients have only watched a video or two, but some clients have come and watched I have hundreds of videos up and they've seen a ton of them. And these people already have a embedded sense of trust in me because they feel like they have spent that time with me already. So socials is my bread and butter. I absolutely love having that be my primary marketing source. I am so impressed with that. That is a very difficult thing to do. And we should also mention that, and, and I haven't asked Kyra about this, so I'm very excited to ask her about it. But one of the, we've had several of, several of these people on our show before where there are some YouTubers or, you know, um, Twitch people or just people doing con uh, video content creation who have made their entire career, uh, just referring agents. So they build this big channel up on Instagram or YouTube, TikTok, wherever. And then they're getting referrals from all over the country sometimes, depending on what their focus is of their show. And then they end up being able to say, oh, I don't practice in Texas, but I have a, you know, I have an agent down there that I can refer to. Has that happened to you where you've received referrals that are outside of your, your market area where you can still then refer it out to agents in other parts of the country? Yes and no. I, I have had a few that have gone to other parts of the country. However, my platforms are really niched. I am Chicago focused through and through. Yeah. I, if someone's following my socials, I am not your general real estate agent right. that like, you're not following me for just generally real estate content. You're following me because you want to see what it's like to live in Chicago. So because of that, uh, my leads are extremely Chicago focused. I'd say the most that I refer out is I get a lot of people looking for the suburbs and I am not their agent. Like I don't have a car. I live right downtown. I take the train. Like I am not the person to be able to best help you with Bolingbrook or Naperville or Skokie. And so for those, I will refer them out to other agents who know those areas better and will be able to better assist those clients. It's a really smart thing to do. Even if you did have a car, I think oftentimes focusing in one area 
Chicago obviously being a major, major metropolitan, things with tons of suburbs. I, in fact, I've been here 20 some years and every year I'm like, that's a suburb? I never heard of that one, even though I've been here so long. I always find a new suburb, so I don't even know the suburbs um, that well. <laughs> but I think it's really smart of you because basically we're saying the, the same thing. Maybe you're not referring as much outside of Chicagoland, but you're also not trying to service all of Chicagoland. So you are doing a lot of referrals. And isn't it nice to get a, a paycheck for literally just connecting one person to another? So um, really awesome. I know there's going to be a lot of our listeners that are going to want to know tips and tricks for starting a YouTube channel. We know, or, or we should know, that this is not a one-time, make one video, have it go viral, and then you know watch all the leads flow in. This is a dedicated, full-time thing that you're doing that has led to real estate. So if anyone is out there thinking, well, I would like to do all of my marketing on social media or video or content creation, um, do you have any suggestions of what what should they know first? Because I know that everybody probably looks at what you do and goes, what she does is no big deal. It's not that hard. She puts up videos. They don't realize the amount of time it takes to shoot, film, edit, post-produce, all of those things that go into a video, which takes tremendous time. But let's talk about you know, what would you recommend to an agent that says, oh gosh, I love what you're doing. I would like to do something similar. Yeah. So I, I my first piece of advice is anybody who's even questioning if they should do it, absolutely. Like at least try. If you realize that it's not for you and the workload of it is too heavy, then at least you tried. But I think the hardest part about having a YouTube channel is starting. I think so many people want to do it, but they get like per perfection paralysis where they feel like they need to have the perfect banner and the perfect intro and the perfect outro and like the, the right camera and editing software. And honestly, at the end of the day, no matter who you are and no matter how big your channel grows, your first videos are going to be garbage. They are always going to be so bad compared to what you end up doing. So just start because starting is the hardest part and then it's staying consistent from there. But if you can actually just start doing something, you are ahead of the thousands and thousands of people who also want to do a YouTube channel, but are too afraid to start. Um, right. <laughs> you know, it's I funny. It reminds me, oh, I was going to say real quickly, it reminds me of a book I read about, about YouTube. And the guy who wrote the book was Mr. Beast's um, <laughs> marketing guy, or I forgot his name. He's a very, very famous guy. Um, and he helps channels. And one of the things he quoted Mr. Beast from saying is, your first hundred videos are going to be total garbage. He goes, that's just what's going to happen. So put them out there, do your best with them, but don't have expectations that they'll do anything. And he says, because your first hundred are going to be bad. So yep, I'm curious exactly. if you can relate to that. Oh yeah. I look back at my, oh, they're so cringy, but it's okay. We all learn. Um, and then the other thing is with YouTube, it, YouTube is such a slow roll. It's exactly what you said. Like you're not going to have one video go viral and it just pop off. YouTube is something that you put in the work. I have legitimately been putting out two videos a week for the last seven years. Like it is a slow, slow roll, but I do think that the following that you get on YouTube is significantly more genuine for lack of a better term than you would get on a different social platform because the people who are watching my videos are sitting down with me two times a week and watching a 10 to 20 minute video of me talking to them. And so they feel like they have an actual relationship with me versus on TikTok or Instagram when it's a 10 to 30 second video and they just swipe past, that doesn't hold the same value of a relationship as a YouTube video does. Um, and you have to be really comfortable knowing 
like the same as the fact that your first video is going to be garbage. It is going to take so long for you to feel any sort of results at all. And so I always tell people, if you are doing YouTube, you better love video editing and video like content creation. If you are not enjoying doing it, just like give up Stop. early on because it, yeah, it is going to take up so much of your time and you have to be comfortable just screaming into the void for way longer than you think because the followers are not going to come quickly. They will come. And when they come, they're going to be really good and really genuine, but they will not come quickly and you will not get the instant gratification you're looking for. And the other thing too, is the actual content has to be amazing, right? So it's, it's more, more than just, you know, doing it twice a week. Um, you know, Kyra's being, be very humble about this, but the reality of it is, is people are, 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 you get one or two shots maybe with a, with a subscriber before they either decide this is worth continuing on or nah, not that good. And the vast majority of content out there isn't that good. So you really have to um, try to do your very best. Can you talk about a, a little bit more about how did you develop a following? Did it happen naturally or were you, you know, were you doing anything to market your videos? Uh, just, just out of curiosity. Mine was totally natural. I have never paid for any sort of ads or boost in views or followers or anything like that. Um, I don't know why I'm so inherently against it. And I have so many people who are like, no, you should pay to promote your videos. And I'm like, I just can't, it feels icky and unnatural to me. Um, but I think when I, my videos now are a lot more blog style and I have a lot more reality based videos, but my first probably hundred, if not 200 videos were all strictly educational. It was that I was providing, uh, I was providing education to the consumer to make them want to continue watching. My first hundred or 200 videos were all studio apartment living based and then morphed into me moving to Chicago. Um, and I knew if I try and start a platform and I come out there just being like, hi, I'm Kyra, you should follow me because I'm fun and you like me, no one's going to care. People will care if I teach them something and they feel like they are getting value from these videos. And so it took a long time for me to feel like I had grown that base to be able to introduce more of my personality and make them a little bit more lifestyle. Do you ever feel, or did you ever feel at any point when you started doing educational videos that gosh, I really don't know enough to do this. Or I feel there's a little bit of that, that, you know, I'm a fraud. I only know so much. I know that as a common experience for people who, when they're asked to speak on a topic or maybe do a video, a lot of times it's like, oh, I, I'm not, I don't, you know, there's insecurity around that. I'm curious if you ever dealt with that. Uh, nope, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but I think because I'll, I'm sure a lot of the people you talk to who have YouTube channels are so real estate based that I, if I was doing videos that were strictly on real estate, yeah, I would feel that way because there's always going to be somebody who knows more than me out there. But the videos I was creating were things like uh, how to organize a tiny kitchen, um, top tips for living in a studio apartment, like where do you put your broom when you are living in 400 square feet, um, things like that. And so it was, I knew that that content didn't exist because when I was moving into studios or into small spaces, I was trying to go to YouTube to find this content. And it was not out there. And so I knew yeah. in me making it, I know I'm not the most experienced studio apartment lover that's ever existed, but I'm doing it right now. And I have learned through the process things that someone who's going to be moving out for the first time wouldn't know yet. And I can make their lives a little bit easier. 
Yeah. And what's cool about doing things like that is you can also show mistakes where you're like, I thought this was going to work and it didn't. So now I'm doing this instead. Whereas in real estate, I think we oftentimes don't want to share certain mistakes. There's a fear around, I want my clients to see me as this competent professional. But when you're showing personal things, you know, um, I think it's really cool that, that we, we relate, I believe, relate more to imperfection than perfection. And I, I'm sorry, I want to go back to something you just said. Um, about this is really uh, it's really good timing because this weekend I was looking this uh, so uh, for a video I have a rather large pantry or at least large in my mind for a condo and I have no idea how to organize it I really don't <laughs> I have bins I bought uh, like a ton of bins and you know then I don't really know what to do from there so I was <laughs> looking on I, I well I just want a system I want somebody to say mm-hmm. you put all of this in this bin and you buy you buy 25 bins and each bin does this and you get a little label maker or whatever I don't want to figure that all out I want to go to YouTube I'm gonna do that search in fact my assistant is looking for those uh, right now funny enough because I am looking for this now a realtor could easily provide this content and you probably have already provided this a similar <laughs> content um, but this is stuff that the thing about YouTube that people forget is it's a search engine first and foremost. It's it's a it's a search engine that returns videos. No different than Google. It's just all on their platform, of course. So it's the same idea. So if we think about how what are people looking for or what am I looking on YouTube for and what does the content look like when I search for it? Oh, I could do better than that. You know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And um, do you ever, does that ever, do you ever do research on when you're about to do a video? Has anyone ever done this particular topic? Um, just curious on how you do your research for deciding what the next video might be. I definitely used to do that a lot more when I first started. I also think YouTube was significantly less saturated when I first started. Um, at this point, I just let inspiration guide me on what am I feeling? What's a topic that's new and interesting to me or something that I've recently learned that I feel like sharing. But it's, it, it is exactly what you said it is. YouTube is a search engine and people are looking to have information very easily spoon fed to them. And I think when doing topics like a pantry organization, it not that many people are going to, or less people are going to YouTube looking for how to buy a house. And more people are looking at YouTube on what to do with it or inspiration or things like that. And for me to be able to provide that type of content and then be like, and by the way, if you are in the Chicago area or looking to buy or anything like that, I am licensed in here to help. It's a really easy transition that doesn't feel salesy to me at all. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's value leading with value seems to be the key to social media content creation in general, whether it's video, uh, image based or text based. Um, you know what can what are the what do clients look for, and how do you serve them their answers to the questions that maybe they don't even know yet that they have or that they're currently searching for, and things like organizing a pantry in a small apartment is obviously one because everybody who probably everyone's lived in a small apartment at one point or are, is currently living in a small apartment and of course needs to figure things like this out. Um, I, I'm curious too, you know, how much of your content is about you and sort of your own personal life versus the business life, the, the real estate side? Do you just sort of marry them together? Do you separate them? How, how do you sort of navigate that? So the way that I look at my life is 
when people talk about work-life balance and you kind of imagine it as being like a pendulum with two weights on either side, mine is one giant weight right in the middle. Like it is all the same. Everything, my personal life and my work life are exactly the same. I work with my husband. Like we, all, all of our friends work with us in some capacity or another. It is truly what I'm most passionate about. It is what we do in our free time. Like it is all encompassing. So my content definitely reflects that. Uh, in any sort of video you see, there is going to be lots of personality parts of it, of maybe it's me going to a restaurant or things that aren't uh, educational necessarily. But on the flip side, there is going to be some aspect of it that is showing off apartments or my team or anything like that. Um, so it's just, it is completely muddled and married at this point. And I, I like that aspect of my life because it doesn't feel like I'm being pulled in too many different directions. It's all just the same. It probably feels very genuine too, because you are literally just showcasing what your life is as much maybe differently than other people who are more strategic about, I really want to talk about this, um, which may or may not be actually going on in your life, but I can create content around X, whereas you're sort of saying, I just talk about what's happening and what's interesting. And how important is passion in the delivery of the content? You know, you are seemingly, um, my judgment of you is that you're a passionate person. And how important is, is that to communicate that passion in your videos? If you don't care about what you're talking about, then why is somebody else going to care when they're watching your videos? You have to you have to enjoy and be passionate about what you're doing. Otherwise, the viewer is going to know that you're not, and they are not going to want to follow along. I think when talking about being genuine, I, I do see this as being a huge plus on my side of the business that I look at some other realtors and I'm like, come on, because the, we talk so much about like, yes, you have to be education and value forward. However, I think social media today is so different from what it was when I was starting. And now there are so many people in general, even outside of real estate, who are just trying to be value forward, like so much that it's like shoving down your throat. And for me, the one thing I always tell all of the agents on my team or anybody who asks me about advice for social media is you, no one is able to, or there's, there's tons and tons of agents out there. There are agents who are going to know more about a specific topic where they've closed more deals or they've been in the industry longer. The only thing that those people have that they can never, ever take away from you is your personality. You are the only one who is you. And so you have to make sure that that shines because I think that that's what happens in my videos is people feel like they actually genuinely get to know me as a person. And that's why they are choosing to work with me. Um, and I think authenticity needs to be something that no matter what you're creating pillars on, that has to be your rock. If you're not being true to yourself, you're not excited about what you're creating content on. It is, I just don't think that you can create something successful that is going to be like truly a, a trustworthy audience. I, I agree. And I, I was, I'm looking at your channel. It's funny. The first two videos that come up for me when I go to your channel, just to give the audience an idea of the kind of content you do is one, one is titled, is this the coolest loft apartment in Chicago? Now that's a pretty inviting title. I would like to see that. I'd like to see what, um, and it's an 11 minute video. The second video, very different. And I want to talk about how, how great this is that you really do marry your 
private life or, or rather your professional life and your personal life. It is which bra to buy in 2024. <laughs> and the title really goes, I tried today's top bra band so you don't have to, right? Doesn't That isn't a video that obviously would appeal to me, but I love the fact that it's not just all business. Um, and for women, it is pretty important, you know, bras are a pretty important part of, of you know, clothing. Uh, and this is the kind of content that you're doing. And then the, the third video is, was she, she was catfished with an exclamation point and a question mark going. So this is probably a story about a follower of yours or a friend of yours. So the, the content is very varied, right? And it's really seemingly whatever exciting to you in the moment. And that's really fun. And, and it goes against sometimes a lot of traditional uh, sort of marketing strategy around building a brand because you want to sort of hype the d- traditional thought is hyper focus in one area. And so they would probably say, okay, if you're going to do a bra thing, create a bra channel and just talk about bras or catfish channel or loft channels. And Kyra's like, no, no, I want to talk about all of this because this is my life. And by the way, let's just talk results. On YouTube, she has 30, almost 36,000 subscribers. Now, she didn't do that overnight. She's been doing this for seven plus years. It's She's worked tremendously hard to get that. And in the grand scheme of YouTube, 35,000 followers is amazing, but it's not Mr. Beast levels. She's not like, you know, she is building this video by video, person by person over that time. And she's been absolutely dedicated to doing it. Um, And so I just really applaud you. This is the very first YouTube channel I've ever seen for a realtor that talks about bras or being catfished, right? This is, this is traditionally. The bra video was like a very off niche one. I don't typically go that random, but yes. But you know, but it's cool that you did. And, and I, I really do, it, you have, you know, decent views on it as well. So, so it's, it's just, I just like that you are taking things that are important to you. And, and again, as a man, I'm not going to watch the bra video cause I don't care, but I do care about some of your other videos. And so this is, what's really, really fun is you don't have to be so a pigeonholed into one particular topic. And again, yes, I understand the vast majority of your videos are, you know, around uh, real estate. Um, and you know, sort of your life, but I just love the fact that you're willing to do other things and YouTube actually recommended that one. Maybe that says more about me than it does about (laughs) you, but, uh, but I do love the fact that you're willing to sort of step outside of the traditional, uh, norms. Now, um, when it comes to, uh, editing a video, let's say, you know, your average video is five to 12 minutes somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, let's say average of 10 or minutes or so. How long does it take you to post-produce, meaning edit? Well, let's just start at the beginning. How long does it take you to write the episode, write the script? Do you write like a general I, script or do you just you wing it? I wing it. I um, I do not do well scripted. If you try and get me to read a script, I will sound like a robot. I wish I didn't, but it, it just comes off super unnatural to me. I do much better. Like I'll know my topic. I might have a couple bullet points written down sure. of what I know I'm going to talk about, but it's very much like, me talking to a camera as if I'm sending like a voice recording to one of my best friends. And I think that that sets the tone a lot differently. So the actual writing of the episode is is pretty quick. You get, get a few bullet points. You sort of get an idea of what you want to talk about, but it's not a lengthy process. Then you shoot the video. Now, again, videos can take different amounts of time depending on the what you're shooting. But in general, how long does it take you to shoot a 10-minute video? I do two different types. I do vlogs where it's out and about, we're off doing things. Um, that 
we probably have, I don't know, maybe an hour's worth of footage that we chop up from the whole day. Um, we film all of our vlogs on two cameras. I've got like a vlog style camera so that way I can be mic forward and talk more. And then my husband's following me around with our bigger camera to be able to catch like all of the nice pretty shots. He's a much more artistic eye than I do. Um, those, it's probably about an hour total of content, even though we filmed it throughout the course of a whole day. The other type of video is like a sit down chat style video. That could be something where I'm talking on a specific topic or I'm um, showcasing videos of different apartments that have hit the market or something like that. Uh, those usually I would say take me somewhere between 20 to 30 minutes to film. Um, and then editing wise, vlogs definitely take longer. I do not edit any of my videos anymore. My husband does it. Um, he works with me full time. And like I said, much more creative than I am. His video editing skills are much better than mine are. Um, but I was editing all of my own videos for five years. Um, yeah. But the sit down videos, I would say he can probably bust one of those out in like four hours, whereas the vlog style videos probably eight. Right, so we're talking really, if I guess all together, you know, depending on, on the, whether you're sort of doing your vlog or out and about, you know, four to four to 10 hours maybe of work. Mm -hmm. So these are, this is a, you know, and you do two of those a week, you're looking at that's a part-time sort of responsibility on top, of course, of your real estate business that you're also uh, involved in. I wanted to ask about live videos, because I know you used to do a lot of live videos on YouTube. I know you were, you had a cooking, uh, cooking uh, channel or not, not a channel, but a cooking sort of um, focus. Mm -hmm. Um, what is your feelings on live videos? Because those would, of course, not be as uh, as produced, or, or I guess you could post produce them afterwards. But did you do you find success with live videos? Do you like them? Do you not like them? What what advice would you have for somebody about those? I absolutely loved them for the time. I was doing a cook. I was cooking live two times a week during the pandemic, and I called That's, it. Cooking by the with way, Kai. by the way, cooking live is not an easy thing to do. Um, I, I'm thinking about this now. I cook all the time, and the idea of cooking live, there's so much that could go wrong or happen, or just time in between prep and you know, it, it, or waiting for something to cook. So I'm in, super impressed. And these are long videos. These are hour plus because <laughs> yeah. that's how long it takes to, to cook a meal. I mean, it just does. So, um, but anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No. And they were so much fun. It was such, it was the perfect thing to do during the pandemic when just nobody had anything on their calendars. And so I had the same people tuning in two times a week and would chat with them every week. And I'd be like, this follower, I'd be like, how did your last date go? Like, I know you said you're going on a date tomorrow. Like, it was just such a cool and fun environment. I don't do it anymore. Just life is so busy now compared to what it was then. It's impossible for me to be able to keep a schedule like that, that I was doing. Um, and for the people following along, same for them. They also can't dedicate two of their nights a week to be able to do it. So it's, I, it was perfect for them live videos i think if it wasn't for that scenario it's not something that i lean into as much um but i it was so much fun when i did yeah cuz i think again I, I think we're we're really breaking breaking some of the walls here that people think exist so it's like oh i have to go live or i have to you know um really uh make sure that my videos are under 90 seconds for instagram or mm -hmm. you know that that is that has just never been my experience i am somebody 
who never scrolls on Instagram. I don't scroll on TikTok and I don't scroll on Facebook other than maybe once a week to see what my friends are doing because I don't want the constant barrage of new content. I I scroll through YouTube. I'm a YouTube person and I suspect a lot of people my age, I'm in my late 40s, are, are YouTube f- probably predominant because we're not used to seeing the barrage of every 15 seconds a new video. It doesn't really work with our brains as well. Um, younger people have no issue with it. They're able to do that. But, uh, but you know, people who are of my age, you know, YouTube was sort of the first thing that came around uh, with Facebook. And it's really become my go-to for anything. Um, and, and, you know, it's just easier for me to sort of handle. So I love the fact that, you know, you're a younger person really pushing YouTube as much as possible because you're right. I, I just, I, I just assume that's where, yeah. Do people search on Instagram? I guess so. I've, I've never searched on Instagram personally, other than for somebody that I want to follow, but I've never searched for topics. I know hashtags work. Oh, let's talk about hashtags on YouTube. How important is it to properly hashtag your videos? Is that important to you or have you found that not to be a, a super critical part of the you know sort of process? So I think when it comes to anything, when talking about algorithms on any social platform, there is so much noise. There are so many opinions on these are all of the things that you have to do in order to grow correctly. And I just take everything salt. I do hashtags. I use a hashtag generator for my videos and pull things that I think will work well. But truthfully, like you'll hear people say you have to go live in order to grow. You have to do this. You have to do that. Just do what you like. Because if you try and listen to it all and you try and do it all, it's exhausting and you're not going to want to end up doing any of it. So just do whatever feels comfortable and natural to you. And at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is if you are making content that is good, the people will come. Yeah. And to give yourself at least a year. I, I know when I started this podcast, my I asked my boss if I could do it during work time, which he was very generous uh, in, to allow me to do. But he said, I'm going to let you do it, but you have to promise to do it for a year. And I mm-hmm. said, yeah, that sounds about right. And he was right. And the first year, nobody listened. Um, I mean, people started to towards the end, but, you know, and, and like you, I did everything for the first four years of this podcast, just like you. And I produced everything. And now I have a team in place, but I have 550 episodes. You've got about that many videos. So you and I have been on a similar path. Uh, <laughs> I understand the amount of work it takes. But when people say like, wow, you know, you, uh, you, you, your, your show is, is so good. And, and, and I don't mean that to compliment myself because I don't think of it as a compliment. I mean, I, I appreciate when people are complimentary, but I go, the reality of it is, is nobody's just, nobody sticks around four or five years to do it. And, and mm-hmm. if, if you do that, you're likely to get better at it as you go. And I am, I don't think I'm a good podcaster. I don't, honestly, I don't, I, I just think I'm okay at it. But really, you guys are the star of the show. But I, I just wanted to make this point that this doesn't happen overnight. I know we've already mm-hmm. said that. You know, Kyra's done almost, you know, she's coming up on 600 videos. I'm coming up on 600 episodes. It is a slog. It is a lot of work. But I love doing this. I Even though I don't think I'm that good at it, I like doing it. And uh, you obviously like doing it as well. So how f- much fun is it that both of us, we get to be creative in, in a way that uh, our job doesn't normally allow for. And so I think that is is really special. But we, we want to talk about something even more special. The fact that you were nominated, it's not just me uh, thinking you're great. The National Association of Realtors obviously also thinks you're great because they awarded you the 30 under 30. This is just for the top 
30 agents that the association thinks all over the country are really doing outstanding things. Tell us a little bit about why you think you were selected because lots of people try and very few people make it. So what do you think they saw in you? Yeah. uh, Circling back to the um, like imposter syndrome of do I feel imposter syndrome when I create videos? No, Uh, 100% could not have felt more imposter syndrome possible than when I went 30 under 30. Like that was, it affected me more more than I thought it was going to just being in rooms of agents who are just known to be at the top caliber across the nation and feeling like I was supposed to be owning my space with them. It was one of the weirder experiences in my whole career of just feeling so like, are you all sure? Like, are you sure you picked me? It was, I'd never felt that way before. Um, I am absolutely stinking honored to be a part of 30 Under 30. It is truly the best community that I could have imagined. It has made me love my job even more. And I didn't think it was actually going to have as big of an impact on me as it did. Just being able to network with these other agents and learn from them and be able to build, be a part of this community is really incredible. So very, very grateful and incredibly humbled. I'm really excited to see who the class is for this year. Yeah. Have you thought about doing a video talk, and maybe you have done this, about how it felt kind of awkward uh, in a good way that that you struggled even receiving this, thinking that, you know, because that's something that a lot of realtors could relate to. And again, I know your audience aren't realtors, but it is something that uh, I think is important to, to share that sometimes when we get these accolades, it can feel a little weird and that's okay because, um, you know, it's, it's, that's just a normal part of the process. And I think every, just about every agent I've ever had on the show does not think they're the smartest, best or whatever, even though their resume would suggest that they are in the very top, just like you. Um, but let, let's talk about your team because not only did you win the national association of realtors 30 under 30, uh, for last year, you have also built a team, which I know maybe one or two other agents that have done this in their 20s. So tell us a little bit about why the team and how that team's helping you sort of even grow beyond what you could do on your own. Yeah. So I previously was a co-lead on a team and that was an absolutely incredible experience. I don't think I would be where I'm at in my career if it wasn't for being able to do that first. I just learned so much. Um, And through that process, I realized how much I really enjoy the leadership side of things. I love real estate. I love all aspects of it. I love working with the clients, but I really, really, really love being a leader and helping and mentoring other agents to be the best that they can be. Um, So November 1st of last year was when I kicked off and spread my wings to do my own team. And it has just been such an insanely rewarding experience. I I'm obsessed with all of my agents. They are my best friends. Um, But I, because of my platforms, I had grown to a point where I had so many leads coming in. There is not enough time in the day at all for me to be able to do them. And so it was natural that I had these leads that I wanted to pass to other people, but I wanted them to go to agents who I trusted, who I had trained, who I knew were going to handle these clients at the same caliber that I was going to. Um, So that's kind of what sparked the team initially. But now it's just made for such an incredible community with for us because real estate as a really isolating business for people who are solo agents and you are just out here slinging deals and things you don't have the camaraderie often that you would get in a normal salaried job and so i love that 
I'm able to create this environment, which is super supportive and we all really get along and enjoy being around each other and can also lean on each other during hard times. Um, and it, it is just easily one of my favorite aspects of what I do. Yeah. I, I, it seems to, seems to really come across in, in your energy and personality that, you know, you really started your business providing entertainment and value. And that was really, um, not the way that most people start. I think most people start in real estate with a focus on mastering the market and getting out there and meeting people and doing more traditional sort of ways of growing. And of course, you did all of those things too. But the idea that you led with content um, and I think back to the passion part, the pa passion is going to get you through 500 videos but if you don't love what that part of it, you're just not. It's like when people try cold calling. It's like if you don't like cold calling, give it a couple of days and then you'll see whether you like it or not. And if you don't like it, you're not going to be able to force yourself likely to do it on a regular basis. It's just if you're not into it, you're not into it. Most people don't like cold calling, of course. And most people aren't going to like making videos either because the making the video mm -hmm. part is the fun part. It's all of the pre and post work. That actually is the you know digging ditch part of uh, of uh, you know being a content creator. But try it and see what you like and what you don't like. I guess um, because if you can just be passionate about it, that that's going to keep you going. In in your case, for for seven plus years, building a very very healthy a subscriber base who is excited to to see. Now, do you cross post your videos on? other channels um, like Facebook, you can do longer form video. Of course you can on Instagram now too. TikTok allows for a certain length um, or are you strictly focused on YouTube? Strictly focused on YouTube. I do cross um, promote some of my shorter videos. Like my reels will be on TikTok and sure. sometimes depending on what they are, I'll put them as a YouTube short as well. Um, but as far as my long form videos go, I, YouTube is just, YouTube's my baby. She's tried and true. I like the, Everyone talks about you're fighting the algorithm on Instagram and TikTok, and you've got to learn how to keep up with the newest trends and everything. YouTube, I feel like, is it's just steady. If you put it out yeah. there, it if it's good content, it's going to do well. And I don't feel like I have to play all of the games of it. And so i just sticking with what I know, and it's worked well for me up to this point. One last question, if you know this. What would be a video that you made years ago that is has still generated a revenue, uh, a refer, or sorry, a lead uh, recently. Because that's what's great about YouTube is things really do live forever. Um, they don't so much live forever on other social channels necessarily. But do you, are you still getting leads from old videos? And do you have a story of like one that's from you know longer ago than you would expect? Yeah, all the time. I get lots of leads from my like twenty nineteen era 2019 2020 i have a lot of videos then about when we first moved to chicago and those videos are some of my top producing videos still just because i have so many people who are looking to move cross country they don't know what it's like here and if you google how to move to chicago or something along those lines my videos will pop up and so those generate for me often i get i'll hop on calls with new clients and they'll be like i know this is probably weird but i found you from youtube and i'm like you and everybody else, baby. Like it, that's where everyone comes from. But I think that is one of the other but great parts of YouTube is it is so much more evergreen than another platform. Other platforms, your videos will get, you keep posting, that video will be 300 posts deep. You're not going to find it again. But YouTube videos, they're searchable. You will. 
And la- one last question. I, I, I forgot. I had one more. Um, how many leads do you, if you were to estimate, do you think you'll get this year real estate leads strictly from your YouTube videos? Just a rand, you know, whatever number you think would make sense. I pulled it a couple of months ago. And on average, I was pulling in about 300 warm leads a month. Okay, well, let's let's all take a moment to remove uh, to push our jaws back into our mouth because they just all that is I was not expecting that uh, you just uh, and you just got me off base. That is absolutely incredible. Now again, it didn't happen overnight. Took her seven years, so let's want to make sure we're not suggesting to anyone that they can get three hundred leads a month uh, right away. But wow! Uh, and keep in I mind, majority say. of these leads are rental leads. I do get a decent amount of sale leads as well, but I was strictly a leasing agent for two years. Sure. Um, so majority of these leads are rental leads, but yeah, I think if, uh, just when people are looking to move to the city, a majority of my leads also are people who are brand new. And so they're finding that they're finding the value in me teaching them about what it's like to be in Chicago. And then bonus, I can also help them find an apartment. Well, and everybody, I don't know if everybody, almost everybody, I would love to know the statistic of what percentage of people who own a house used to rent in this country. Mm -hmm. It's got to be in the high 90s. So she, you know, what you're doing is quite brilliant because not only are you helping people find apartments right now, and I encourage people to really consider doing it uh, on the rental side uh, for you know YouTube content because this is oftentimes neglected, ignored by realtors. They obviously are looking for sales listings and 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 buyers, but they're not always thinking about renters. And pretty much everyone that owns used to rent. So Kyra has really amazing things. So yeah, she's getting rental leads that are likely a good percentage of them are going to turn into buyers in the next year or two. So what you're really what she's really doing is quite brilliant because she's setting herself up to be their person from day one and getting paid on the on the rentals and then going, you know, 10 months in when they're they have two months left on their lease. Hey, by the way, what are you thinking about for next year? Do you want to maybe let's talk about maybe buying or do you just want to move to another apartment? Um, I can help you do either. So obviously I know you're doing all of that. And so you are building one of the great databases of any realtor I've ever uh, talked to. So congratulations on that. That is, I'm so excited uh, to continue to watch your growth, Kyra. And I want to encourage everyone else to do the same. You will get ideas from watching her content and you will get an idea of what works and what doesn't. Follow her on Instagram, follow her specifically on YouTube, watch the content she's making and think about how you could integrate a portion of that into your own business and she'll be a great level of inspiration for you. And so you're going to find her at Kyra Button, which uh, again, we'll have links to this in the show notes, uh, YouTube, Instagram, she's easy to find. Just search her name. It'll it'll pop right up. Uh, Kyra, I am so um, thankful that you came on the show. This is a fun, fun episode and hopefully giving uh, some of our other listeners the motivation or inspiration to, uh, to maybe start their own YouTube channel. I think YouTube is such, like you were saying, evergreen platform. It's such a great place to have content live forever. And it, it does seem to not work the same way as the more disposable social channels like Instagram, TikTok, et cetera, um, you know, where they're just looking for new and quick and fast. And there's just a constant, you know, rush to get that done. Whereas you can take your time, make really great content, have it live forever on YouTube. And when people do those searches, hopefully you're showing up. So, um, 
on behalf of our audience, Kyra, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. I know how busy you are. Um, congrats to you and your husband and the Moxie team. That's Kyra's team for all the great stuff they're doing here in Chicago. And also on behalf of Kyra and myself, I want to thank the audience for making it all the way to the end of this episode. What what can you do to help us? Just a couple of quick things. One, tell a friend about this episode. Anyone who's thinking about you know starting to integrate video into their marketing platform for real estate or maybe thinking about starting a YouTube channel, this is the episode to send to them. Let them know and they'll get some inspiration there. And also leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. Whatever podcast platform you're checking us out on, you know, let us know. We read every review and we always are wanting your feedback so we can continue to improve the show. All right, Kyra, thank you so much. We will see everybody on the next episode. Thank you so much.